Hi everyone. Um, hey, hey. So Lele here, and this is uh, the second episode, and I'm here with uh, with Veronica. No, ciao, Veronica. Hello, hello, hello. Ciao, ciao. So uh, you you learned from the the previous time, right? That we are here, me and Veronica, to share more about the planet, the climate, and uh, the you know what we are facing now as a reality in the planet, and that is you know over heating is uh, getting into not only the heating actually there are other uh, unpleasant things that we learning right uh, and that's why we're here to to bring more information and today we are also here with another guest that is here with us luciana uh, directly from uh, the center of austria and uh, before from brazil right luciana because we see also a nice flag behind you yes. welcome Thank you, thank you. Brazilian born, I've been everywhere, but uh, we don't forget where we come from, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, of course, of course. And uh, one thing, actually, we are all three the students of the Climate Reality Project for the moment. So we had um, uh, another, since the last podcast, we had one more session where we could learn some things, right? A bit depressing. It was a lot of, uh, you know, all the bad consequences of uh, the global warming. Uh, so I, don't, I wonder what, what are what one of the things, perhaps from each one of you, that uh, was particularly shocking to you. Anything you want to share? Hmm. I think there have been a really a lot of interesting information and shocking. I would say that when you are hearing the a lot of depressing information and the facts mm-hmm. we are facing, everything is shocking. I know that mm-hmm. we are fully aware about what's happening and, and the facts as such. But still, when you are checking the the stuff around, it's kind of shocking. And maybe now what came to my mind uh, that I've been reading the article yesterday, it's not from the presentation, but it's really related to that. I've been reading the article based on the research of the scientists that uh, probably in uh, 2100, uh, all the ice bears will be gone. So this is, this was really shocking for me that, and when I saw the pictures of them, and they are still more thin and thin, so it's like yeah. a really, wow, not good. Luciana, what did you? For me, I think because I'm studying at the moment this kind yeah. of uh, climate uh, change events and everything. What was shocking was that I, I, I like to think of myself as an informal person. But mm-hmm. some of the recent events uh, that happened all over the world, like in Norway, they have this flooding and then destruction of the, the mm-hmm. surface and the methane bubbles and all things like that, that I, I didn't hear about that. So some of the facts were uh, I already knew, but some uh, happenings from the last month or two, I didn't see those in the mainstream media. So it was a quite shocking because we think that we've seen it all and uh, there are always things that we haven't seen or we haven't heard. Mm-hmm. Interesting. For me, it was, uh, I, I, there were two information actually that um, were kind of new to me. So the first was related to the, um, you know, the emissions, right? The, that are making the air more polluted and the information that the high CO2 level in the air are making our IQ lower 
right? Somehow that uh, that people like the, the students have like it's harder to you know to pass exams or to do tests if the air is more polluted. And that was, and obviously because the brain has less oxygen, right? So it's not something that if you connect the dot, it makes sense. But to, you know, put it together, it's like, that's weird, right? So that means uh, if I'm so lucky to be born in a, you know, in a place where it's, uh, the air is very clean uh, and I might get more from what I read and from what I learn. So if you do online learning, maybe go into the mountains instead of going to the city, because in the city you might have... Uh, less capability to do it. and that's shocking right that should be like it's lowering the opportunities of uh, becoming enough uh, you know smart and you know whatever into the people that are born or are living in a place where it's more polluted right so that makes you a bit uh, more disappointed of you know everyone wants to go to the city because it's amazing and then instead the city has uh, less than instead of more possibilities to, to have a success. And the second information was about the, uh, the um, that what Veronica was sharing, that if 60% of the f- all the fish in the ocean is uh, in the next center is going to disappear and uh, the species, right? And the 50% of all the other creatures that are living together with us humans. Um, it's like, of course, it's not going to happen for sure, but it's much well predicted mm. to be happening if the things continue as they are, right? So that was quite um, interesting because I don't think that people do anything. I mean, I don't think that people want it to happen. It's not that I want 50%. That means, you know, several hundreds and thousands of species that might be even the, for sure it's not going to be cows, pigs, and chickens because those we are making them let's say but it's going to be even all those species people don't even know they exist right so you know far away from the eyes it might be far away from the heart but still if you really think about it you do nothing and still there is hard thing happening um i would start doing something mm-hmm. anyway um, let's tell me about uh, good stories, maybe. I don't know. Luciana, since you're here with us, right, I want to learn something more about you and uh, uh, your climate uh, reality story, right? Something that brought you to uh, the awareness that we should take some action and uh, to, be, to have a more hospitable home. Yes, uh, I would tell you a bit about me. Um, I'm from Brazil, as you said, and uh, I'm from a middle-class family. I have three siblings. My dad was in the army. My mom was still doing her undergrad when we were born already. So we never had too much. Uh, we, ne- we never were in need of anything. Nothing was missing from, from, from our lives. But uh, it was not like we were wealth or rich or anything. So uh, when you live in a country as Brazil, a developing country, and when you have a big family, one thing that you learn since much early in life is uh, to be sustainable. Because yes, uh, we didn't buy all the things uh, that we want. We Our diet was based on the season, what we, was in that season. We didn't buy all the clothes and all this stuff. I used many of my sister's clothes because she's older than me. And... Uh, all these things that you learn since uh, a very early age that help you to, to become more resilient and more aware of the use of resources. So this is something that uh, I think is, is good. 
I don't have any bad memories or any traumatized uh, experience uh, because of that. But uh, it's something that you gain on the knowledge that uh, you have to share and that the resources are not uh, there all the time. And uh, you will also learn a lot about being resilient because it's not only about you, it's about the environment that you are in. So you mm -hmm. see that you are, even under these conditions, you are a part of the privileged population. So I'm very thankful for my parents because uh, one, thing that, one thing that they valued a lot was uh, is, is still education. And uh, they always made all the effort for us to have access to education and everything. And uh, culturally, we are very lucky as well because both my parents lived abroad before getting married. And they always taught us about different cultures and all these things. I think this is one aspect that helps us to create empathy. Because at the moment, uh, when you have to go to different countries, different cities, different schools, you learn about different people and you start to see, I think when you see reality close to you, uh, especially if you have diverse uh, friends and, and people around you, you learn to have more empathy. And I think for climate, uh, for the climate reality, for the, the reality that we want, we have to learn about uh, uh, diversity and about empathy. Because we, uh, as we've seen, we uh, we don't see ourselves in many situations, but some people are already living in those conditions where they are having uh, their lives, their their physical lives, and their, their mental lives, even with the IQ that they they are having impact on that. So we have to become more empathic. And um, for me, uh, the breaking point in my life about sustainability was uh, when I turned. Uh, when I was in my early 30s, I, I had accomplished a lot of things financially and uh, I had a good life and I was not very happy with what I was doing. So that was uh, something that at some point I was questioning myself, is this what I want? Is this the life that I want? Uh, what I'm doing, is this uh, making me happy? It, I always enjoyed, I was uh, at the big consulting companies and I had very good opportunities and good clients in different countries. And it's a kind of uh, hard de decision to make because there is always a raise, there is a new proposal, a new project, a new client, a new country. So it's something that you get a bit addicted to this, this kind of consulting lifestyle. And you always have all the benefits as well because it's a kind of... Uh, mm a life that you are always busy, uh, flying business and staying in the best hotels. And oh, yes. It's kinda, I it remember comes, it as well. <laughs> it comes with a bonus. You get used to those things. You know, uh, you know there are, uh, for, uh, my, my experience is the same. No, there are, uh, and obviously, like in, in those companies where a lot of people travel, right, there are some kind of standards set up where even if you, even if you have a friend that you could sleep at, right, you still need to go to a, certain three or four stars hotel because it's standardized for all the employees to get those standards uh, and they cannot justify you to be at the friend because of responsibilities insurance and blah 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 right that's why uh, due to uh, the security due to this additional effort sometimes you cannot even save it if you want to and that's uh, I understand the reasons of this decision but maybe maybe you know it's time to trust people that they are um, you know, not going to sue a company if uh, exactly. something is happening, right? There could be a yeah, workaround. I had an experience once. I was uh, I had my apartment in São Paulo, and I was in a, in, in São Paulo, and uh, I was living in Rio at that moment. 
and I was flying to Sao Paulo every week to uh, to be at my client. And uh, my apartment was uh, available. My tenant had just left, and I told to my manager, "Okay, I'm not booking a hotel for the next two weeks because I'm staying in my own apartment. I want to be there and enjoy my my, my old life a little bit." And he told me, "How can you justify an air ticket that you are flying here if you don't have an accommodation?" And I said, "Well, can I not say that I'm staying in my apartment?" And he said, uh, "Unfortunately, no, you can't." So uh, oh. even even things like that, you have uh, if, if they go through the expenses, they will say, "Well, where she, was she flying no, to? She didn't stay anywhere." Mm-hmm. So I understand that there are uh, insurance and other things and claims that uh, some employees uh, made you, but even if you want, you cannot use those things. So it's, uh, as you just said, Lele, it's, it's quite hard. Mm. But anyways, uh, for me, I uh, this was my breaking point in 2008. I said that I, I didn't want to, uh, to keep on that life. I didn't know exactly what I wanted. And this is hard because when you make a decision like living a life that many people want and they don't understand that it comes with a downside as well. It's not all the flowers and everything because they just see the greener that is in your life. They don't see everything. But I was not happy. And I decided to take a sabbatical year. During the sabbatical year, I decided that I wanted to study. And then I was uh, in London studying and uh, I fell in love with uh, sustainability. I fell in love with corporate social responsibility because it was something that was very close to my world because in the corporate world for all these years. So I thought it's something that maybe I can use my, my mm. background or the, the experience that I have and still do something good. Uh, but it's quite hard to, to enter in a new um, area of the company. I know that you are in the business as well. Sometimes the transition is harder than from somebody who is coming from the outside. But anyways, uh, I had the chance to go back to consulting and uh, I was supposed to work with health, uh, environmental and, um, and in big projects for, for sustain- in the sustainability area. But unfortunately, this didn't happen. So uh, for a while, I was back in, in my old life in project management for, uh, in the financial area. And I was not happy. I saw that that was not exactly, I was absolutely sure that was not what I wanted, but I didn't know how to make this transition in my own company or in my own industry. It was quite hard. So I had a new chance to go to the Netherlands and to study environmental and energy management. And I thought, okay, this will give me uh, uh, additional information that I can join with my background. And uh, this is what I'm going to do. And there uh, I had the chance to study circular economy, sustainable production and consumption, which is very eye-opening because you see the little choices that you you have in your daily lives and you don't think mm-hmm. about the impact of that. So it's something that once you know, it's hard to unknow that. You, you keep putting weight in on your decisions on what you are making. So for me, it was very good. I decided to go for a PhD afterwards, and unfortunately, there are not many options uh, in this area. I dedicated one year of my life uh, supporting myself financially, writing proposals. Some of these proposals are huge. They have huge requirements, and unfortunately, I, I got here in Austria for, there was one position, and I got top four. And uh, there were 208 candidates, so I was quite pleased with the result. But unfortunately, I didn't get the position. So uh, I got some funding to uh, 
be in the circular economy area anyways. So this is what I'm doing now. And I think uh, when I learned more about circular economy, there is this catchphrase that says uh, it, it doesn't, um, it's not that only uh, makes economic sense. It comes with a sense mm -hmm. of purpose. And I see when we see the opportunities, I'm reading a couple of books and attending some um, some conferences and studying programs. And when we see everything that can be done, all the financial and economical potential that it has of $4.5 trillion, we see that the big uh, consulting companies are engaged on that, that uh, companies want to change because it's not only a matter of uh, getting competitive advantage, they need that to survive because we yeah. as uh, individuals, as consumers and as citizens, we want that. We want the product that is not damaged the environment. Environment. We want uh, the politician who is taking care of how the uh, the city is being taken care. If we have cycle lanes, if uh, our our waste is being treated, uh, we. we yeah, but, but I think it gets um, it uh, in many areas. It gets too. It's not too short. The the information line, like so you know. Uh, that you, you can, you know, collect or separate the trash, but you don't know what is happening after. Mm. And maybe, and how many are, are going there? Like how many are really uh, investigating? What, what mm. are you doing with all my effort to divide and wash things and separate? And then, and if I buy stuff, right, I should, how do I know that those stuff uh, that I buy that are coming from other areas around uh, Europe, right, even, that they're done with uh, the right, you know, not the chemicals maybe or some things that are still healthy or good or organic. So how do you really know this? And we don't. It's we, very or we just don't get this information. I had the chance. Sorry, go on, go on, go on. Go on Veronica. I just wanted to mention, sorry to interrupt, that it's not easy, but uh, if we are really interested, uh, of course, we somehow can uh, to have information and to to be aware of those facts and uh, what you mentioned, Lele, but it's really, uh, it's important that people are interested and it's not easy because uh, the scope of the, of the various uh, facts which are influencing uh, how the resources uh, are done, uh, how the packaging is done, what's done with your trash at the end of the day, and so on. So it, this really requires that people are interested. And yeah. this is the starting point. And when you are interested, then it's much more easy to go deeper and to find out the information you need. But the first point is start, just start to be interested. That, okay, this is my trash, and what's happening after that? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, not there easy. to ask. Here, uh, I, I'm lucky because I'm I'm uh, I'm having classes on the subject. Mm -hmm. So I studied, for example, waste management, and we saw all the process mm -hmm. for Austria. We were even going to uh, the waste management place, mm -hmm. uh, but due to Corona, we didn't have the chance to go and visit. But we learn about all the process. Another thing that we have studied is uh, supply and value chain. So when you look. Like we, mm -hmm. like Lele just said, you buy something. How do you know that uh, everything uh, behind that product is sustainable? Is is mm -hmm. okay? It's very hard because you look. Uh, we had the chance to see with coronavirus how the supply chains were affected. 
when mm. countries have to stop production, when ca- countries have to stop shipping, and mm. so on. So it's very hard. It's very hard. Uh, what we have to make pressure is uh, is is for the companies that we are that are selling the final product. We have to make the pressure mm. that they have sustainable suppliers. Mm. Uh, what it, what's happened sometimes in some supply supply chains? This is more visible. In others, is not. Like for example, I saw that for jewelry, uh, for the mining business, it's quite kind of obscure mm. to to learn what's going yeah. there. But for uh, and, and even for a T-shirt, if we see at the if you if you Google and you go to YouTube, you see that uh, the, the value chain, the supply chain mm-hmm. for a simple T-shirt that you buy uh, is so big and it's so uh, so deep. It goes uh, in a deep web, you know with everybody that is in there. So it's hard. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you buy something that is cheap and then you say, you know, there is a website that is very interesting that says uh, your um, your slavery, slavery footprint. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. based on your lifestyle, you check how many people are becoming slaves in the world due to, to, to keep up with your lifestyle. So it's quite shocking also to mm-hmm. see that. So we have to, I think we, what we, uh, we have to do uh, especially in, in our program that we are studying, is to spread the knowledge, spread information. You know, this is the best that we can do because we can uh, alone we cannot do anything. But when we talk about people and they show that uh, they they become aware of the power that they have as citizens and as consumers, I think this is key because as citizens, citizens we can push the government, and as consumers you can push the the, the company. So we are here really in the middle ground in there to be the link between the two of them, you know, to demand our rights and to demand that uh, things actually change. And also in in a global way, because uh, one thing that really annoys me coming from uh, the South and from a developing country is that uh, uh, this is a global problem. Uh, The emissions are global. It doesn't matter if you have a perfect country and you don't emit and you do everything. If you are, you know, if your government is exploring somewhere out there and if if you have companies that are working there but are not following the same standards that they follow here. So this is something that uh, always annoys me a lot, you know. We have to make people here aware that sometimes they think that uh, everything is perfect in their countries, that the, the numbers look good, but uh, th- there is more behind the, those numbers and the but truth. But we're all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, I think our our, our function, our, our what we can do really is spread the word. We have to mm. to to show all those things that we are seeing. As I said, I've been having classes and studying about this. So many things I I got shocked with them before. I haven't seen I have seen them before the the, the training here. Mm. But we have to to show those shocking numbers and images for more people. They have to mm-hmm. have the, we have to create this visibility because mm-hmm. it's, it's, uh, I'm a, a big fan of education and I think it's, it's the way to change the world uh, really. And uh, uh, you know, if you have a computer and you want to have always a fast computer, you need to update the software, right? And that's that's with our brain is education. If you want to mm-hmm. work better, live better, and cooperate better, that's a software update needed. So you can stay more secure, more informed, and you can use better your resources. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, education yeah, is important. But I think there is a combination of um, the your the information, then the feedback, and then 
the push. For example, if you consider that there are always those tomatoes in plastic into the supermarket to say, I don't want anymore to buy tomatoes in plastic. If I go to, to the owner of the supermarket, it tells me, come on, uh, everybody buys them. I cannot remove them from my shop, right? So you need first to go to everybody and say, don't buy tomatoes in plastic. At one point, then you go to the guy and listen, less people are buying it because of this reason. And then maybe they're going to be removed, right? So there is a little bit more uh, work to do than just uh, share. Uh, but eventually it's not impossible. It's, I saw a lot of success stories, right? I mean, I went yeah, we... um, to um, for, for, for the, with the kids, like to have a, um, an, an ice cream in McDonald's, right? That was like not, not so long ago. So it's a place where um, now there are paper straws. And I would never imagine there are paper straws there, but you know, the whole straw movement worked effect. So it's not the company in itself that is a bad company overall. They have a business to sustain, but if they understand that customers don't want any more certain things, people all even the companies that are more like the label of the negativity from you know sustainability mm-hmm. side, they are willing to change because the customer are the one they don't want to lose, right? Yeah. But I just want to point out uh, you mentioned the straws, and I think the, that this is the the area we really need to think about and be careful about the let's say greenwashing uh very much because mm-hmm. we need to think about for example do we really need a straw because sometimes what i see and what is happening that okay we have something uh, single-use plastic and we are trying to find out something i don't know from paper but still single use So very important point is that we as well need to think about, okay, there is another product, but it's still single use. So to start to think about, do we really need it? You know what I mean? You you are always right on it, Veronica. You know know that you are always right on it. Uh, I I, I always think, I think about you have kids, you Mm. need a straw. <laughs> or I mean, the, the the difference between having a straw and not having a straw is one hour of crying or not drinking. So a parent honestly would say, "Give me this bloody straw because I want them to drink." Right. So you need to moderate this part of virus. So there 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 is a need of need, but depending on if you cannot, right? Maybe parents. Please, I don't want it, right? But then you need also the company to just not put the straw into it automatically because then it's already dirty. So to say less, no? Or maybe incentivize it to say if you don't have it, maybe you some cents less of the drink, I don't know, whatever, I give you points. So that, that's yeah. the... Uh, and then they stop producing because still, if you have a pack of straws at home, what are you doing with them? It's better use them than leave them in the oh, in the yes, drawer, right? Yeah. So it's probably the production as well that is. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. it's a very complex thing, but it's exciting because now we know a lot, uh, and also like the channel was sharing, there is much more education going on. So eventually, sometimes we will be able to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, informing there, pushing there, and making it there. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. Luciana, anything else you would like to share with our audience? Anything, a call to action or want something yeah, you learned I recently? I, I think I've learned so many things uh, since last year, since I'm, I'm here in Austria. And uh, I think uh, what would say to people is be curious, you know, a question, start to question your choices and uh, 
where things come from and what uh, what is the if you go and you vote in elections uh, what are these people doing for you uh, do they have the same interest as you for you for your kids the things that we 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 heard this week that our choice today will impact seven generations after us so this is huge and uh, we have to start to uh, to be more demanding de- demanding this is something that I, uh, I've always been uh, even earlier in my career, uh, when I thought that I had the right, I was pushing it. And sometimes people said, uh, you know, you are the only one who, who, are, who is demanding this. Other people gave up on, on this, on that. And I think that if it's my right, why not? Why not, you know? So it's our right to have a, a better planet. I don't have kids, but I have nieces and nephews. I have friends who have kids and uh, I worry about them as well. And uh, just, just this. Be curious, you know. Just use your t- your time in a in a useful manner because we have the, all these uh, digital world that we are living now. But sometimes people just go for the the bad things, you know. They just go to uh, to 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 use for social media in a social way, not in a in a way that can make improvements and so on. So uh, just be curious. Be uh, go go for in, the information that is available in there because there is a lot in there that we can learn and that can make uh, our choices better and the, the world for these next seven generations better as well. well. Thank you very much once again for your uh, motivational and very interesting climate story. I would say that, that really a lot of people can be inspired by that. And uh, thank you very much for your time and that you share it with us. Thank and, you, guys. Uh, thanks for informing a lot of folks, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I wish you to come more here, right? I, uh, there are some more things I want to know, maybe, for example, about, uh, you know, the trash collection, recycling, whatever thing. Since you, you are in the academic area, I would mm-hmm. like you, Luciana, to come and teach us more yeah. what we need to know, right? So feel free to use this platform as well. Um, thank you, everyone, for watching. And if you have any particular question, um, just put it in, in the comments or anywhere you find this podcast or video uh, because that's the purpose, right? It's not only us to you, but it should be mutual. So thank you a lot. See you next time. And till then, don't use the straw. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye, guys. Bye. Ciao. Thank you. Ciao.